0: Welcome to Season 12 of DaVita Leadership Insights, a podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become a better leader, both personally and professionally. I'm Doug Miller, a Master Coach and DaVita University faculty member.
1: And I'm Grace Sperman, a Senior Director with DaVita University. Today we get to chat about navigating your career with DaVita's Chief Operating Officer, Mike Steferi.
0: Welcome, Mike.
1: Thanks, Mike. So glad you're here. So, so thankful that you agreed to be on our podcast today and talk about the important topic of navigating your career. And it's such a relevant topic today, in particular, given the impact of COVID on the workforce as a whole. And it seems like a lot of people have taken time to reflect on their careers and where they want to be and where they want to go. So I'd love to start this conversation by asking you to share just a bit about your career story. Um, Tell us, what was your journey?
2: Yeah, thank you. Well, first of all, I just say hello to both you, Doug, and Grace, and thanks for having me on the podcast today. Um, To your question about my personal journey, I would say, look, at a high level, my journey has always been one of trying to balance my home life as a husband, and I'm a father of four, with my financial goals along with also trying to do work that I find stimulating, challenging, and meaningful. And so at a high level, that's always been the journey I've been on. In practical terms, I often Mm. think of my career as starting in my undergraduate education where I actually studied accounting. I always loved business from a young boy on. I felt accounting was a great educational foundation for that. Um, I also knew I didn't want to pursue a career in accounting, and so I transitioned from school to career by joining an accounting firm, Arthur Anderson, but I joined in its global corporate finance group, so I was consulting with distressed companies, which were companies that were in or near bankruptcy. And then I guess to my earlier point of always trying to balance uh, you know, my home life, I got married after my first year of working, and I wanted to get off the road As a consultant, and that led me to this company called Total Renal Care, which uh, some of you may know is now DaVita. And I started out in an entry-level financial analyst role where I got to work on a large variety of projects that were aimed at keeping the company afloat at the time. Um, And so at that Mm -hmm. time, a lot of people had had left DaVita with the downturn of the business, and there was no shortage of interesting work, that's for sure. And then I guess, you know, probably making a long story short, I had the opportunity to start spending time in kidney care clinics as part of my role where I was contracting for medical supplies. And I just, I fell in love with patient care. And so eventually Mm -hmm. I made a big career shift and transitioned out of the corporate office and finance and into field operations as a regional operations director supporting patient care in 10 of DaVita's clinics in San Diego, California. And then over time, as you may have guessed, I've expanded my role to where I now support all of DaVita's locations in the United States as our chief operating officer.
0: What a journey, Mike. Thanks for thanks for taking us through that. And you know, I'm really interested in. You mentioned that that was a big shift going out into the field and taking on the operations role. At the time, did you have a did you have a vision of where that would take you, or and um, you know, I, I'm I'm imagining that there might have been some
2: nervousness around. You know, was that the right decision or not? Oh, yeah, for sure, Doug. So I was I was super nervous when I decided to move uh, from an office job to the field. And um, I can honestly tell you, without any exaggeration, I literally had the top four executives in the company all tell me that they thought it was the wrong decision and was one oh that would gosh. not play to my strengths and my skill sets. Um, but yet, look, on the other hand, I also had a lot of personal conviction that I could be successful and more importantly for me, that I would find a lot of fulfillment and happiness being close to patient care. And so, thankfully, I look back now, and that was the single best decision I've ever made um, in my career journey. And you know, I could also tell you that that's not to say that I was an instant success because I definitely wasn't. You know, the people who are who are telling me that that wasn't a good decision, you know, they definitely saw real vulnerabilities and development opportunities in me. Um, And so I had to, you know, remain humble and be open to feedback and, you know, push myself to change. And look, eventually I knocked off, you know, a number of rough edges and was able to build a great team that delivered great care. And it just turned out that I absolutely, absolutely loved it. And I've been on, you know, that journey ever since that pretty pivotal moment.
1: Wow, that's that's something else to have. So many people have opinions about your career and whether you were making the biggest mistake of your life, perhaps that must have been um, something else to try to, to talk through and really ask yourself those questions. So I'd love to break it down a little bit here. It, clearly, there were a lot of people who um, gave their opinions or who you asked for opinions. And uh, I, I'm just wondering who really has responsibility for a person's career, right? Um, how would you describe the ownership that you had in navigating your own career and then the impact that others had in your navigation?
2: Yeah, that's that's a, a great question, Grace. So I've always look I've always felt that I own a hundred percent of my personal career journey. You know, and with Mm -hmm. that said, it's a huge blessing when you bump into people along that journey who also take a vested interest in your development. And so I guess, you know, while I take 100% ownership for my career, there is absolutely no possible way that I would be where I am without a lot of generous support from others that I often think of as my work family. Um, and one reason I feel so strongly that we each need to fully own our career journey is that no one really knows us like we know ourselves. You know, we're all unique in knowing what truly makes us as individuals happy, what energizes us, and what we're capable of. So, you know, sure, others can see potential in us that we may not see. They actually may see vulnerabilities that we don't see, and all those things are incredibly powerful, but I'm the one who ultimately has to make the important And sometimes tough decisions, you know, along the way. And so there have been times when I've followed the advice of what I would call my work moms and dads. Those are my mentors and my champions. And there's definitely been times when I've trusted my own instincts and, uh, you know, got up the courage to forge my own path. And really, in hindsight, the most important decisions or turns that I've made along my journey were the ones that went counter to the advice of others. Although even when they went counter to their advice, you know, I continued to have their unwavering support.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm appreciating, um, Mike, your use of this term "work family" and moms and dads. Um, I, you know, you probably also consider some people in their brothers and sisters uh, in the village as well. And it sounds like you really see teammates that way, um, and have come to see see uh, see your role in the organization and whatnot as.
2: Um, you know, as family. Can you say a little bit more about that? For sure. You know, I think that way 100%. You know? So as you can imagine, you know, I've been at DaVita now for over 20 years. I'm often asked, you know, why have I chosen to be here that long? And I think the answer is pretty simple. There's two things I always tell people. Number one is that I find great meaning and purpose in my work and the work that we all do here at DaVita, caring for our fellow human beings with a chronic condition where we can have an amazing, amazing impact on their lives. And so I just find, I find great purpose in in our work. And that's the number one thing I tell people. And then the second thing I tell people is that I love the people I work with. Um, And I know that love, you know, is not a word that gets used a lot at work, but I literally love the people that I work with like family and, and believe that that feeling is reciprocated in many of my relationships. You know, at Davida, we, we call Davida a village. And I've always loved uh, that saying that says, it takes a village to raise a child. And I've literally been raised professionally by our village. I started here less than a year out of school um, and have have just grown professionally and been raised by our village. And I've been raised here personally in many ways too. and so yeah, Doug, it's it's family for sure. <laughs> definitely.
1: Mike, I've heard your passion for developing others in various forums uh, where I've heard you speak over the years and had a chance to chat with you. And so that's also one of the reasons why we asked you to come on this podcast and talk about this topic. So could you share a little bit more about um, or share with our listeners here why you're so passionate about developing others?
2: Yeah, well... I'll tell you, I do find it quite fulfilling to invest in other people who have the desire to grow. You know, being able to watch other people achieve their potential, which, which often can exceed their own expectations, and I just find that really fun. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's a large part of it for me that's also a pay-it-forward kind of a thing. I, I truly have been humbled by the people that I've talked a little bit about here along my journey that have invested in my growth, And where that has been able to take me and to take my family. And it's really hard to find a way to really repay those champions of mine. And so, the one way I try to show the depth of my gratitude for their caring for me is to carry on their examples and pay it forward in other people. And, you know, some of my best days um, are the days when I get to work and I see my calendar and I have time later that day with with an up and coming leader, I just get, I get a ton of energy out of those conversations and helping people along their unique and often non-linear journeys. So it's a, it's a real joy for me. Yeah. It's one of the things I love
0: about Davida, right? That there's such ability to take a non-linear journey here. Can you, can you share an example of how you pay it forward in those conversations and take us into one of those stories where you have sat down with someone and helped them navigate their career?
2: Yeah, I guess if I think about um, you know those stories or conversations where I help people, it, it does strike me that there are often common challenges that I run into with young leaders in those conversations. Uh, a couple that just come to mind here as we're we're speaking is is one. Oftentimes, people think about their careers over too short of a time horizon, and then I also see secondly that people often at least in my opinion, sometimes use the wrong measures of success. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I relate because I was the exact same earlier in my career. Uh, And so, you know, it's mostly about encouraging leaders to avoid some of the same pitfalls. Um, And maybe I have a unique opinion, but in my opinion, success is seldom about title or compensation and is rather more often about having the courage to pursue a role where you're going to wake up every day or, or at least most days, maybe not every day, really excited and challenged and stimulated by the work that you're doing and that you find meaning and purpose in, uh, in it. Um, and so, you know, I, I can reflect on a conversation I had recently, which is, which is pretty typical. Um, it was with somebody who was asking for my advice as they were coming to a crossroads or a decision point, you know, around whether, hey, should I do this role or that role or or this other role and you know they've got these different opportunities in front of them and when they talked to me about how they were thinking about the pros and cons of each of those alternatives i heard things like you know they were considering what's the the time to promotion in each of those paths or what does my near term compensation look like or You know, what will my status be relative to my peer groups, (laughs) Um, you know, which I just don't think are the best considerations. I mean, I understand why those are considerations and why, you know, people think about those things, but I don't think they're the best ones. And so I always I tend to try to help leaders have personal conviction and clarity as to what will bring them and and really their their families or their significant others or their communities that are close to them what's going to bring them the most happiness over the long run mm-hmm. and it's not what peers or friends or society encourages in the short run and so you know happiness to me that's the ultimate uh success measure there's a uh, there's a scripture I, I i like and often reminded of that says men and women are that they might have joy <laughs> and so I believe that, right? I think we're all here to to find happiness. And so, you know, in, in these conversations like the one I was just referring to, I often try to redirect that conversation to questions like, you know, well, what's important to you? Or what gives you energy and fulfillment and makes you happy? Or, you know, what does success look like over the long run? Not in the next one or two years, but, you know, over a longer time horizon. Um, I often find myself asking people if there's a geography that is... You know, ultimately home, um, and these are not just work-related questions, but you know, really questions about uh, life more broadly. And and then you know, you get you get really interesting dialogue around those questions. And then I often find myself asking them, okay, well, so if that's if that's what you say, you know, gives you energy and makes you fulfilled and happy, and and that's where home is, then what has to change to get you there? Mm, you know, I love and that. then the kind of zinger at the end is always, you know why aren't you doing that? You know, so why aren't you doing that right now? <laughs> uh, so, you know, I often find myself really, you know, trying to really pump up leaders to have the courage to pursue the path that these questions lead to. Um, just like I did early in my career, you know, people can struggle to find the courage to take the risks, to pursue the path that will bring them the most and the greatest happiness.
1: I love that you illustrated two very devita concepts in that story. The, um, living the core value of fulfillment, and and then thinking about your whole life, not just your work. That's those are very Devita principles. And could you just walk us through a time when you perhaps weren't as successful? So you've talked about all these things that you have have grown to learn over the years, and how you're able to coach people. I I'd love to hear kind of the rewind of that perhaps a a moment when you weren't as successful navigating your career with these principles, maybe your path deviated in a way where you were pursuing a definition of success that wasn't what you were really interested in or wanted to be happy, as you said.
2: Sure. You know, Grace, I'm like most people. I only like to talk about my successes in public, but, you know, know, I absolutely obviously have, uh, you know, uh, times and examples in my career where I haven't done this well. Um, there's, there's, one, there's one I'm always super embarrassed. And, and frankly, I think the word is ashamed uh, to talk about, but, but it is true. And it does, it does answer the question that you're asking here. And, and it really did shape my conviction to do better.
1: You know, Mike, because you said those I, words, now everybody's <laughs> super listening in. They're like, oh my gosh, know, what is Mike know, going to hey, tell I me
2: think, now? I don't know for me even now, just be, be I know the story I'm going to tell. I'm still like wondering if I should share it. But um, I have shared this story a few times and it, it's a story of when my first children were born. So my wife and I, we started off with twin girls and, um, and this is where it gets hard to tell a story. But I literally, I took two hours off of work to uh, go to the hospital and bring my new twin daughters and my wife home uh, before returning to work. And of course, as we all know now, right, they they were late and discharging. When we got out to the car, we didn't even know how to work car seats because these were our first children. And I was just really impatient and, and, and upset because I felt that I had to get back to work because I was just so important, Right. Um, or at least, you know, that's the story that I was telling myself. And so, you know, I struggled as a new working parent to find new balance and to redefine what success looked like. Um, you know, a definition that certainly needed to include a lot more than just work. <laughs> and, and you know, as a result, I think a lasting career decision I made was to put a lot more boundaries around the time and the energy and the emotion that I would give at work to create more space for a growing family. And so, um, yeah, I've definitely not been perfect along my own journey. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, for being
0: willing to, to share that story. Um, I'm sure in some ways we all have those moments, right? Where in reflection, um, we're not operating in the way that we would have wanted to. Um, and mm-hmm. they can be great, great places of learning. And it sounds like this concept that we hold in the village around life alignment um in aligning your life with your work really came to light there. So um, thanks, thank you again. Thanks for being willing to share that. Um, we end all of our episodes in the same way. And um, by asking our guest what's one practical tip you would give our listeners to try right away,
2: to help them navigate their careers. I think the punchy practical tip I would give is, you know, the sooner the better, you know, create clarity in yourself about what makes you happy and then have the courage to pursue it. That would be my practical tip for the day.
1: Love it. Thank you so much, Mike. Really appreciate you being on the podcast today. And thanks so much for um, sharing your stories with us.
2: Oh yeah, it's my pleasure. I really appreciate you having me. That was an inspiring
0: discussion with Mike. I loved his tip at the end to create clarity in yourself about what makes you happy. And then, here's the most important part, have the courage to pursue it.
1: Yeah, I loved that part. Uh, the courage, the happiness, such great great tips all throughout his episode. Completely agree. And and speaking of tips, Doug, it is my turn to follow up on the tip from our last episode last season with Jim Hardy on leading the core value of integrity. And I loved his tip at the end, to do what you say you will do, and then to help you do this, make lists and put things on your calendar.
0: Mm, how and did you do? And let me tell
1: you, I... I live in my Outlook calendar. I love that tip, and it was such a great reminder, too, for me to make sure that I put things on there because yeah. I've tried various things in the past, and having just a running list on a sheet of paper doesn't hold me as accountable as I feel like it will. What what those things require is time you know, time for me to do the work, time for me to follow up with people. Yep. And so I realized that in order for me to get those things done and then to stay accountable to doing what I say I will do, I got to put the thinking time or the response time or the action time on my calendar. So that's what I do now is to put a block on my calendar so I can get that work done and be a, be responsive to people and follow follow through on my commitments.
0: Awesome. Grace, thank you so much for sharing. And for our listeners, we would love to hear your stories and tips as well. So please check out our show notes. Click on that listener mail link to find out more about submitting your stories and tips in writing or through a voice message. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, do it. Please click on that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes at all.
1: And if you enjoy these podcasts, please rate us on iTunes or click on the survey link in our show notes so we know how we're doing. One for all.
2: And all for one.